Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome out to River Ridge. Uh, hey, real quick before we get started, I want to direct your attention to something we're really excited about coming this Wednesday. We're going to have a Global Missions Night of Prayer. Uh, we, we partner, you hear us talk about all the time, we, we partner with some great missionaries and some great organizations in Moldova and Kenya uh, and in Haiti. We want to give an opportunity for you guys to come and to hear some of the things that are happening in those countries. God's been doing some amazing things. We want to be able to allow you to hear some of that, to celebrate that with us, but also to spend some time in prayer specifically for those partners. So come this coming Wednesday at 6.30 here at the church. You can go online and get a little bit more information there or register there so we know kind of about how many are going to be coming. So take advantage of that. It's a great opportunity to hear more about what God is doing around the world and not just in our neck of the woods. So plan on coming out for that. Well, I want to be the first, maybe not the first, first on staff to wish you guys a happy new year. I hope you guys are having a great one so far. The, the start of the new year tends to divide folks into two pretty well-defined camps, those that make resolutions and those that resolve to never make resolutions, and each kind of looks at the other and points their finger at them. But regardless of which camp you find yourself in, I do think when we turn the, the page to a new year, it's an opportunity for us to, to sit back to take a hard look at our lives and to have some plans moving forward. Call that whatever you want, resolution or not. But to see if there are some course corrections maybe that we need to make in our lives, some plans to get better in certain areas of our lives. And as the calendar turns this year, maybe you feel like you have a pretty good handle, a pretty good idea of what this coming year is going to look like. Maybe you feel like, you know, I'm in a pretty good season. I think this is just going to continue on. I'm forecasting some, some things to just kind of stay the same. Or maybe you have some really well-developed plans on what you want this year to look like. And regardless of what that is, we can take a good guess at it, but the truth is, is that anything can happen. We're kicking off a new series this week called A Time for Everything. And it's based out of a verse in Scripture found in Ecclesiastes 3, where King Solomon, the wisest man to ever live, says these words. He says, There is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. Solomon is saying that, that when we go through life, when people go through life, it's not just a straight, linear line through life, but what we do is we experience these different seasons of life. We come in and come out of different seasons of life. And if you think about it right now, there's all kinds of seasons that are happening in this room right now. There are seasons of parenting. Some of you are here and you have a new one at home and it's sleepless nights and maybe they're toddlers and now it's all kinds of, of discipline and trying to figure out what that looks like. And there are some in here that are empty nesters, that those days of raising up kids are gone. Each of those are different seasons. There's different seasons of age. There's different seasons of health. Um, high school and college, those years are unique seasons that bring different things into our lives. Grief is a season. Waiting is a season. There are all of these seasons that we experience in this life. We go through seasons in marriage, in our careers, in our finances, and even in our walks with God. Sometimes I, our spiritual lives are really on fire, and other times God, for whatever reason, seems distant to us. And these seasons of life, they, they're full of contrasts. We experience the mountains and we experience the valleys. We experience successes, we experience failures, times of celebration, and then times of loss. Uh, Solomon goes on after this first verse and he lays out 28 different kinds of seasons 
than we can expect to go through. We're not going to go through all of them, but I want to highlight just a few of them that, that, that he talks through. He says that there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to uproot. Maybe for you, you, you moved here for a season or maybe you started your family here, but you're feeling this tug that maybe it's time to uproot your family and to move. Maybe it's for a job opportunity or maybe it's just for a fresh start. Each of those are different seasons. Solomon goes on, he says there's a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to search and a time to give up, a time to keep and a time to throw away. I think one of the hardest, the most difficult experiences that, that we go through is trying to figure out when it's time to keep hold of something and when it's time to let go of something. Maybe you're here this morning and you've been chasing after this dream, chasing after a, a certain career for a little while, and, and now you're left with this decision of, should I keep searching or is it time for me to give up? Maybe this isn't in the cards that God has for me. That's a hard decision to make. And the Bible says that there's a season for each of those, to, to search after and to let go. He goes on, he says that there's a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. Maybe you've been in a relationship during this past season that, that you have, that's been torn apart and you have felt the sting of that. You've been through the hatred and the strife and the silence and it feels like war and you're trying to figure out if this next season is a time to mend what has been torn a time for you to pursue that relationship so you can experience peace once again but life is this combination of these contrasting seasons and as you look back on this last year my guess is that you experienced both of those that there were these mountaintop experiences where you could celebrate and you experienced some real highs but you also experienced some real lows and as we walk through life we will experience all of those but if you're trying to live according to God's will and God's weight each of these seasons that you go through they have meaning they, they have purpose they add value into your life God doesn't waste any of them and yes there are some of those seasons that, that we wish that, that we could avoid but he, even those tough seasons that there are some unique challenges that we need to overcome, but there are also in those moments some unique blessings that only happen, happen during those times, and there are some unique lessons that God has for each and every one of those seasons. So what we're left to try to figure out is, how can I make the most of whatever season that I'm in? How, how can I grow during this season? How can I develop in it? And the short answer is that we... We need wisdom. And that's what we're going to spend some time this morning talking about. How can we gain wisdom in our lives? And I, I think at the core of wisdom, uh, the, the simplest definition of wisdom that I know is the ability to make good decisions. And oftentimes, isn't it true that our seasons are defined by decisions that we've made in the past or that others have made in our past? In a lot of ways, we are the sum total of, of our decisions. A lot of people define life that way, that life is just the sum total of our decisions. I love how author Craig Groeschel puts it. He says, the decisions that we make today become the stories that we tell tomorrow. And some of you are in this room this morning and, and you made some decisions and you can attest to the fact that the story that you tell right now 
as a result of some of the decisions that you made over the past season or back in the past. Sometimes those decisions have led to a, a season of thriving where, where you look and you say, I made, I made the right decisions early on in my career and my career has just taken off. Or I made some good decisions or we made some good decisions early in our marriage and, and our marriage is in a really good spot right now. Or our parenting decisions are really starting to pay off right now. But other decisions brought in seasons of regret and seasons of hurt. It was a, a failed marriage that brought you into this season right now. Or it was a bad financial decision that, that brought in a season of uncertainty or, or a season of, of crippling debt. Or maybe it was a word said in anger that brought the end to a relationship. And you're asking right now, based on these decisions that I've made in the past and the story that I'm currently telling, how, how long does this last? What, what am I supposed to be doing next? How do I get out of this? Or maybe for you, it's not so much looking back at the past decisions, but, but you look forward and you see some decisions on the horizon, some significant decisions on the horizon. You're, you're a graduating senior. And you're trying to decide, do I go to this school or that school? Do I, do I choose this major or that one? Or maybe you're in a dating relationship and you're trying to figure out, all right, is this going to go anywhere? Do I need to, to cut my losses here? Or, or does this relationship continue down the road a little bit further? Or, or maybe you have a job offer on the table and, and it's something new, but there's a little bit of a risk involved in it. And you're trying to figure out, do I take that risk or do I play it safe with what I, with what I know right now? Some of you are, are thinking, do, do we need to add to our family or are we finished? For most of us, we still have thousands of decisions ahead of us, and there's still a future story for us to tell. So I don't know what decisions that, that you have facing you right now, but, but I do know that every season has them. And God's desire, God wants for us to get better at making decisions. He wants us to grow in our wisdom. And while there are no perfect formulas for trying to figure out how to make a wise decision— I think it is possible for us to increase the likelihood that we make a wise choice, that we make a good decision with some of the choices that we have coming down the pipeline. So let me give us three streams that I think that if we put ourselves into these three streams, we increase the likelihood of making a wise choice in our life. The first, if you're taking notes, is that we need to start with God. Solomon, who wrote Ecclesiastes, also wrote a whole book of Proverbs. And in Proverbs, he said that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Solomon says that if we want to grow in wisdom, if we want to know how to walk through, how to navigate through whatever season of life we find ourselves in, that it begins with a fear of God. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that, that we are shaking in our boots, that we are afraid of God. What, what Solomon is saying, what this kind of fear of the Lord looks like, is it looks like a respect, a, a reverence for who God is. It, it's this attitude that we start each day and that we face each decision with an acknowledgement that God's in charge, not me. That, that wisdom comes when you and when I submit myself, when I place myself under the authority of someone who's so much bigger, who's so much wiser, who sees things that I can't possibly see. That's what wisdom looks like. Part of what it means to fear God is to know that he's right. If you're like me, there, there are times in my life um, when God and I don't necessarily agree on things. You know, I, I'll read something in Scripture or I'll have somebody speak a, a biblical truth into my life, and then I'll find myself trying to justify why it is that I'm, I'm the exception here, why, why it is that, that I'm unique. 
But if I'm going to be a wise person, I'm not going to walk through life thinking that I know best. Wisdom means that if God and I disagree, then I'm going to yield to the fact that he's right. That if I see, I see it in one perspective and God sees it from another, I'm going to yield and submit and place myself underneath his authority and believe that what he says is right and is true and is for my good. I think there are a couple of ways that we can place ourselves into this God stream. The first is to read. That we need to read and take in God's word into our lives. As believers, we don't have to rely on our own intuition. We we don't have to rely on our own gut instincts. A, A lot of the guesswork about what is good for our lives, God has already laid out in black and white. If we will just read scriptures... We can get a, a, a glimpse of some of that wisdom in our own lives. You see, a wise decision will never contradict what is in God's word. That's why wise people have a steady diet of taking in scripture. That's why wise people have consistent time in God's word before they make a decision. You hear us all the time say how 15 minutes in God's word each day will change your life. And the reason why it will change your life is because it will give you some wisdom to make the right choice and to avoid some of the the heartache that comes from making foolish decisions. So find a chair. Find a comfortable spot. Open up God's Word. Study it. Interact with it. To to help you with that, if you're trying to find a good way to to get started into God's Word, out in the the lobby you'll see some of these cards. Every, Every once in a while, three or four times a year, we'll give you a reading plan. And this is 40 40 readings for a 40-day reading plan that will take you through some of the wisdom books of the Bible. Job and Ecclesiastes and Psalms and Proverbs and Song of Solomon. It'll give you a glimpse into what some of God's wisdom says in some of these books. Take advantage of that. Grab it, spin it, ask ask you a, a couple of questions to be able to allow you to personalize what you're reading. But allow God's Word to invade into your decisions. The second way to put yourself in the God stream is to ask for wisdom. James, Jesus' brother, says it this way. He says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God is this God who wants to lavish us, who wants to generously give us his wisdom in times where we are uncertain, where we don't really know what to do. And it seems so simple, doesn't it? And yet, I I confess that there are times in my life where I skip this step. I think sometimes it's because I feel like, you know, this is a trivial or a small decision I'm making here. I don't want to bother God with this. Or other times, if I'm honest, I I think I already know the way that I want this thing to work out. And I already have a bent in that direction, so I just don't invite God into the decision making. And I have fallen on my face a number of times as a result of skipping this step. And the older I've become and the more responsibilities that have come my way, I'm recognizing that the decisions that I'm making now in this stage of my life are a lot tougher. They're a lot more significant. They carry a lot more weight and they impact a lot more people. And so I'm learning that I need to intentionally slow down to, to hit the pause button, to not just run out ahead of something and to invite God into it so I can get some of his wisdom. A, A few weeks ago, I had a a scheduled meeting with someone, and I I knew that the conversation was going to be a tough one, kind of tend some hard things that were going to be said. And and I was trying to get prepared for it, and I was all over over the place on how it was that I thought the 
that I could guide the conversation. I was convinced that I was going to go this route, and then I was equally convinced, no, I need to go this route. And I was just all over the place. And, and so I, I stopped, and, and I paused, and I prayed and said, God, I, I need your wisdom. And within just a few minutes, I had this fresh thought that I think that's how God often gives us his wisdom is through a thought in our mind. And it was something I hadn't thought of, but I had this peace and this guidance. And so I, I led the, the conversation that way. And, and the, the conversation was so healing and helpful that we need to learn to be able to hit the pause button. The wisdom that we want to be able to walk through this life begins. It starts with our relationship with God. So spend some time in his word and spend some time asking him for his wisdom. The second stream that we need in our lives is to walk with wise people. Solomon says it this way. He says, walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Who you listen to, who you surround yourself with, is oftentimes the difference between making a wise decision and a foolish decision. I am learning through my life that it's almost impossible to live the right life when you're surrounded by the wrong people. For some of you, the reason why you're not seeing some change in your life, the reason why you're not seeing growth in some area of your life is not because of a desire. It's not because you don't want to see that change, but it's because you've surrounded yourself with a bunch of fools. And, and they're, they're like an anchor. They're just keeping you where you are, not allowing you to move forward. Solomon says that if you are surrounded by fools, it'll be so much more difficult to chase after the plans, the dreams, the, the vision that God has for your life. So let me ask you, who, who are you listening to these days? Who are the people that are influencing you the most? Who are you walking with these days? And, and I love that imagery that, that Solomon uses there of, of walking with the wise. It, it has this this picture, this image of walking through life with certain people. All of us need a few really wise people in our lives that love God, that, that know us well, and that aren't afraid to speak truth into our lives. You see, when we walk through this life with wise people, it, it gives us a clarity where things seem foggy. They, they kind of cut through the fog. And it also gives us some people that, that we can walk through life, that we can lean into their wisdom, lean into their experience. But like the God stream, we have to be intentional about choosing to put ourselves in this stream. It, it doesn't happen by accident. We have to choose to walk with the wise. I think two of the best ways to get plugged in and be surrounded by some wise people is to get yourself plugged into a ridge group or, or find your way to celebrate recovery here on Thursday evenings. We need other strong believers in our lives consistently but because just coming here on a Sunday morning and, and sitting and listening and praising for an hour, it's great, but it's not enough to overcome the pull of foolish behavior in this world that we live in. I was thinking back this week that I have been in a group now for 15 years, for 15 straight years. And Sarah and I have had folks walking with us through all kinds of different seasons over the years. I remember when we had two little kids at home and we didn't know what in the world we were doing. They were only 18 months apart and we were just completely lost. And so we, we reached out to a, a, a few couples that were just a few years ahead of us in the parenting game and said, hey, could, 
Can you give us some wisdom? Can you give us some insight on how do you pull this off? How do you, what do you do in a situation like this or a situation like that? It was in the context of group that we were sharpened as parents. It was in the context of group that we learned how to handle our finances God's way. It was in the context of community, of walking with the wise, where I was encouraged and I was challenged to leave my career as an engineer and, and help plant, help launch this campus down here. And, and we are where we are today as a couple. And I am where I am today as a dad and as a husband and as a, a man of God as a result of walking with the wise. Because we invited people into our lives and we said, I want you to know that, that I value your input in my life. I value your wisdom. I value your experience. I want to grow wise. I want to learn from what you have already learned. If you're not in a group, get in a group. This is how you increase this stream into your life so that you can grow in wisdom. We have several Ridge groups that are getting ready to get kicked off, some home groups as well as some women's group out in the lobby right after the service. Blair and a few others will be out there to answer any questions, but take advantage of that. Uh, if you want to make better decisions, you need to surround yourself with better people. If you want to walk, if, if you will walk with the wise, you will grow wise. So, first stream is that we need to spend time in God's Word so we understand the guardrail, some of the principles that He's already clearly laid out for us. So as we do that, and as we invite some wise people into our lives to help guide our steps, the last stream that we need to get better at is to become an expert on yourself that we need to grow in self-awareness, that we need to become the world's leading expert on me. I love how Paul says it in Romans. He says, don't think that you're better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves. Paul is telling us that if we want to grow in wisdom, that we need to have this heart of humility, that we need to be teachable. He's saying that, that we need to be lifelong learners of ourselves. And there's a few ways for us to do that. First, we need to learn how to learn from our past. You know, I, I, there's a lot of wisdom that we can glean from our past failures, from our, our past mistakes. But oftentimes, we want to shy away from, we want to lean away from some of those failures, those mistakes, because of the, the shame or the hurt that it caused. But we need to learn how to lean into those times, to not just waste a bad experience, but to, to glean, to soak up as much wisdom as we can about ourselves from that, because it's from our past that we really get a glimpse on how it is that, that we are wired. What are my strengths? What are my interests? And equally important, what are some of those aspects of me that I need to avoid? What motivates me? What gets me out of bed in the morning? What am I passionate about? What excites me? What fills me up? What are some of those activities that fill me up? And what are the things that drain me? Who are some of the people that fill me up? And who are some of the people that drain me to the point where I need to put good boundaries around those relationships so they don't just drag me down? Are there some places that I need to stay away from? Some people that I need to stay away from? Because when I'm around them, I know what happens. My life just gets detoured and I end up in these destructive behaviors. When I look back at my past, I, I can learn from that and put some barriers in place in my life so I can avoid making some of the same mistakes again. The second way that we can learn ourselves a little bit better is to invite people into our lives to point out some blind spots in our lives. We all walk through life 
with blind spots. The last person to know that they're singing off-key is the person who's singing off-key, right? In the same way, we are often the last person to realize that we're the ones who talk too much, that we're the ones who are emotionally needy, that we're the ones who are overly judgmental or, or passively aggressive. And so we need to invite some people into our lives that we trust and that love us that can point out some of these things. It's the courage to ask some trusted people this question. What's it like to be around me when I'm at my worst? If you were to ask your spouse that, if you were to ask some trusted friends in your life, what's it like to be around me when I'm at my worst? A wise person doesn't run away from that answer. They, they walk towards it. They, they find an area where they need to improve, where they need to invite God in to see some character change in their lives. And then lastly, I think the last way for us to grow in this stream is to remember God's ultimate goal for our lives. The main thing that God gets out of your life is the person that you become. The main thing that God gets out of your life is the person that you become. God's deepest desire for you and for me is for us to, to grow more and more like Jesus, to be conformed into his image, to be conformed into his character. So often, we ask the question, and we get paralyzed by this question of, what does God want me to do? Instead, the better question is to ask, who does God want me to become? That, that we get all freaked out and worried and, and trying to figure out the what that is out there, and God is saying, listen, I, I want to focus first on the who that is in here before you tackle the what that is out there. So we ask these questions like, should I date this person or that person? The more important thing is not who you date so long as you date them with integrity and with purity, that, that we are focusing our attention on who we are becoming. Should I take this job or that one? It may not matter. What, what's, what matters more to God is are you faithful? Are you faithfully serving him where you are working? Are, are you being an influencer wherever you are? Should I be an engineering major or a business major? It, it doesn't matter, but I, I'm pretty sure that God has a soft spot for engineers. So you may want to choose that route. <laughs> but what, whatever major you choose, what God is saying is, I, I want you to serve me there. I, I want you to leverage your influence with your peers around you. The main thing that God gets out of your life is the person you become. So in whatever season you find yourself in, focus your effort. Focus your energy on growing in your character. We don't really know what 2019 brings our way. But we know that we can increase the likelihood that we make better decisions. That, that we can walk through this next season together. That we can walk through this ne next calendar year together with wisdom. God's wisdom is available to all. And it's not far off, but we have to do the work of putting ourselves into these streams. So which of these three streams do you feel like that you need to focus your attention on most in this next month or this next season that you're in? It, is it more time with God? Is it more time with wise people? Is it more time reflecting on who you are and where God wants you to be and increasing your, your self-awareness and who it is that God is shaping you to become more and more into the image of Christ. God wants to give us his wisdom 
but it's up to us to put ourselves into these streams. Let me pray for us. God, so often we get paralyzed by the decisions that we face um, in whatever season we find ourselves in, but we learn from your scripture that, that we don't have to walk this path alone. That you, in your infinite love for us, have said, I'm not going to leave you to your own to figure this out, but I'm, I'm going to give you some ways that you can increase the likelihood of making the wise choice, the choice that, that grows our character. God, in a room this size, there are people that are in all kinds of seasons, some that are thriving right now and some that are hurting. But regardless, God, we know that you are here. We know that you are present. And we know that you have given us an opportunity to live this life with wisdom. Help us to walk towards that. Help us to have the courage to ask hard questions of ourselves. Help us to have the courage to, to step out, out of our comfort zone and surround ourselves with the right kind of people, godly people who are chasing after you. God, we give you our lives. And our heart's desire is that at the end of this year that we look more like our Savior than we do right now. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for coming out, everybody. Hope you guys have a great week. Uh, there are folks out in the lobby who can answer your questions about Ridge Groups. Take advantage of that. We'll see you next week.